Praise God. John chapter 20 and verse 24, and I'm reading today from the New Living Translation. Bible says one of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin. Oh, you didn't know, you didn't know the Bible gave people nicknames. But here it is, the twin. He was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we've seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe it until I see the nail wounds in his hands and I can put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound on his side. It was eight days later that the disciples were together again and this time Thomas was with them. The door was locked, but the Bible says suddenly. Look at your neighbor and say suddenly. Suddenly. Bible says suddenly Jesus was standing among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand in the wound on my side. And he said, Don't be faithless any longer. But believe, but believe. My Lord, my God, Thomas exclaimed. And Jesus told him, Thomas, you believe because you have seen me. But blessed are those who believe without seeing. The Apostle Paul would write to the church a little later on and he would say it like this, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Or we walk by faith and not by what we see. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for the spirit that we feel in this place. God, you did it. <laughs> you did it for us. God, you've done it for so many others, God. And I believe you're going to do a work in our hearts today. God, I'm, I'm asking now that you would anoint my lips of clay. God, open our ears and our hearts to receive what you have for us. Restore our faith today. God, we love you and we thank you for the work that you're, you've already done, that you're doing, and that you will do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen today. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Eagles are fascinating animals. They really are. It's been said that when the founders of our great nation were looking for a national symbol, they were very close to selecting the turkey as our national bird. I heard the letdown right there. Oh, I feel the same way about that. Turkey as our national bird. I mean, you know, Britain has the lion and Russia has the bear and China has the dragon. And America, you know what, let's go with the turkey. That just seems like that would, that would, that would stand up. And thankfully, they didn't do that. Thankfully, somebody nominated the eagle instead and that's what they that's what they went with. Thank God for that. When eagles, when eagles lay eggs, as with most birds, they, they, don't, they don't have any idea when that egg is going to hatch. They don't know. Now, we know as, as humans that it takes approximately 35 to 45 days for an eagle egg to hatch and once it's laid. But, but the eagles, they, they don't know that. They don't have any idea. They don't get any 
they don't get any sign uh, of, of life. They can't see the egg. Uh, you know, they, they don't detect any life in there. They can't feel the uh, little eaglet moving around. They can't even sense life that's in the egg. It's just, it's just kind of nothing at all. I mean, at least we as humans can feel our babies, right, in the womb. And, and you get to a point where you can feel it kick and you can feel it move around and you can see the growth and you can anticipate with, with great accuracy when that baby will arrive. But, but the eagle, they got none of that. They, they got nothing. They got absolutely nothing. Until one day... Out of seemingly no, nowhere, with no introduction whatsoever, that eagle egg suddenly will break. It will suddenly crack, and within moments, new life will emerge. All that time with absolutely nothing, and then one day, suddenly, there's a breakthrough for the eagle. Let me, let me just pause here today and say that I think some of us can relate to the eagle today. You, you've, you've maybe been given a promise by God, but you haven't seen it come to pass just yet. You've been hoping and believing for that change to come, for that job, for that relationship, for that help, but you can't see any sign of life. You know that there's a greater plan. You believe that God wants to bless you and prosper you, but you can't really get a sense on it. You can't feel it. You can't see your way clear. And I've come to remind all of us today to trust in the Lord. Trust that the Lord is in charge of your life. Trust that God knows what's best for you. Trust his process and his timing. You may not be able to see it with your natural eye, but rest assured that what God has promised you shall come to pass. If you believe that today, say amen. There are so many references in scripture to this principle because it's basically the theme of the Bible, right? Abraham, the Bible says, is promised a son by God. And for just about any other couple, this wouldn't have been a big deal, right? I mean, a little faith, a little works, bada bing, bada boom, we got a kid, right? That's, that wouldn't have been a big deal for a lot of other couples, right? But Abraham and his wife Sarah are well into their, into their 90s. And the chances of them having a baby are slim to none, heavy on the none, if you know what I'm saying, right? It, it, it was pretty much impossible for this to happen. And even though they had this promise from God, they didn't have a feel on it. They didn't have a sense on it. They, they, they had to wait a long time without any visible proof. They, they had to go years without seeing Years without feeling any movement, nothing. They, they got frustrated. They got tired. They tried to take matters into their own hands. Abraham has a child with another woman. Uh, but, but that wasn't the promise, and they knew it. And yet Abraham remained faithful to God. Bible says another place, the Bible calls him faithful Abraham. Because Abraham was faithful even when he couldn't see and even when he couldn't feel. And God, because of that faithfulness, God was eventually in turn faithful to his word and faithful to Abraham. And wouldn't you know it, about 25 years after that promise was made, suddenly a nearly 100-year-old Sarah got pregnant and gave birth to the promised son, Isaac. 
Can I just encourage you today and tell you that it doesn't matter how old you are? It makes no difference your station in life. You may think God has forgotten. You may think that the expiration dates have come and gone. But I got to tell you, there are no expiration dates on the promises of God. Yeah. No. And because of that, what God needs to know is do you and I believe? My friend, let me tell you, don't get so hyper-focused on where you are or what your circumstances are that you forget who your God is. Amen? Now that promised son Isaac would grow up, he would have a son named Jacob. Jacob would get his name changed to Israel. You know the story. Israel would have 12 sons who would, you know, would all have children and they would have children and all their descendants would eventually become known as the children of Israel, right? The children of Israel would go on to be slaves in Egypt for more than 400 years, but then God decided to set them free. He gave them a promise of their own land, a land that would flow with milk and honey. That sounds pretty good, but there was just one problem. Israel couldn't see this promised land. They didn't get a chance to go preview it. They didn't get a chance to have the realtor take them through the, the house. They, they didn't have a chance to kick the tires and, and check under the hood. They, they didn't get a chance to do any of that. They, they, they had to take God's word for it, and they just had to believe that it existed. They had to trust God. They had to follow a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, they, they weren't sure about this Moses character that, that God had called to lead them, quote unquote, right? They had to eat food that fell out of the sky when they got hungry. When they got thirsty, they had to drink water that came out of a rock. The wilderness was hot. The journey was long. I imagine there came a time where they just couldn't see any point in continuing the journey. They weren't feeling it, you know? In fact, at one point, the Bible says you know, that the children of Israel said, you know what, maybe we ought to go back to Egypt because you know, it's getting a little ridiculous out here right now. They, they were frustrated, they were weary, they were unsure of it all, and there was no indication that this thing was ever going to happen. There was no indication that this was going to end very well. They even had to walk around the walls of Jericho along the journey because God had told them to. I mean, was God serious about this? I mean, after all they had been through, now, now we've got to make laps around a city? Unbelievable, right? They bit their lip. They gritted their teeth. They started walking. They weren't happy about it, but they started walking. Bible says they took the first lap. And after they took that first lap, there was no sign of anything happening. No indication that anything got accomplished so they waited till the next day. The next day, they took another lap around the walls. And after lap number two, no sign of anything happening. So they got up the third day and they took lap number three. Then lap number four and lap number five. And still, after five laps, nothing going on. And then they woke up the next day and took a sixth lap. And after the sixth lap, nothing has changed. Nothing is different. There's no cracks in the wall. The wall has not shifted. Everything looks like it did yesterday. There have been no changes. There's not even a breeze blowing. Nothing. The, the things were the same on day six as they were on day one. 
Oh, that'll, that'll defeat you really fast. That'll get you discouraged really fast. God, we're tired. What's the meaning of all this? We just, we, we don't get the point. <laughs> but God said, all right, here's what we're going to do. I know you're frustrated. I know you're tired. Uh, I know we haven't seen any results, but so here's what we're going to do. Everybody come in. Here's what we're going to have. Here's what we're going to do. Tomorrow, we're going to get up and we're going to do, we're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to walk around the wall again. I <laughs> uh, thought you said it was going to be different. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be different. This time, when you walk around the wall, he said, I, 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 want, you to, I want you to blow the trumpet. This time, when, I, when you walk around the wall, I want you to shout with a voice of triumph. Now, now, now hear me, hear me. Israel, Israel doesn't have anything to shout about. They don't have any reason to shout. Why would they do that? Right? But, but thanks be unto God that there was somebody in the group that said, hey, come on, guys, let's trust God. I know we're tired. I know it looks like this has been a huge waste of our time and effort, but we've come this far. Let's just believe and let's go around this thing one more time. And so they walked around one more lap. And then God said, oh, I meant to do seven on the seventh day. So they walked around, they walked around, and they blew the trumpet, and they shouted with all their might. And when they did, the Bible says, out of nowhere, suddenly, those walls, those walls that hadn't cracked for six laps, that fortified city that hadn't shifted one inch in six days, that stronghold that hadn't budged an, a, a, an ounce, suddenly, out of nowhere, it began to crumble, and it fell to the ground. And Israel walked right through into their promised land. My friend, you might be here today and you might be on the first lap of your journey. And if that's you today, let me encourage you to keep believing, keep holding on, keep walking, stay with God's process. Maybe you've been walking around your wall for a while. Maybe you're tired, maybe you're weary, maybe you're ready to quit and give up. And if that's you today, let me remind you that you might be on lap six, but God is asking you to believe and go one more lap. Walk one more mile. Take one more step. Give one more praise. Sound one more trumpet. Shout one more time. Because when you do, God is going to do a sudden work. And those walls are going to come tumbling down. And you're going to walk into your victory. Oh, if you believe it, shout amen today. And we know that faith made the difference there, Brother Saunders, because when the writer of Hebrews came along and wrote about it, he said it was by faith that the walls of Jericho fell down after it was compassed about seven times. Listen, I may not get a sign. You, 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 you may not see the mile markers along the way. We may not feel the change coming, but rest assured, if God said it was coming, it's coming. He just needs somebody to have enough faith to believe. I, I, I can't imagine how the disciples felt after Jesus was crucified and died. 
These guys had given up so much to follow him. They had left their homes. They had left their families. They, they, they had altered their lives completely. And now, now the teacher, the rabbi, the one that they had given everything for, had, had given everything himself, and he was gone. I imagine they felt like they had wasted the last three and a half years of their lives. What's it all been about, God? What's it all been for, Lord? I imagine that's how they felt. The Bible doesn't explicitly say this, but I wonder if Sunday morning wasn't the only time they visited the tomb. See, Jesus was placed there Friday night. You know the story. The big stone is rolled away or rolled in front of the, 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 the grave there to cover the entrance. Guards are there to watch over it, but, but they couldn't see any sign of life, only memories, only thoughts of what was and thoughts of what, what, what had happened in the past and they couldn't see any sign of life. And then the next day on Saturday, I imagine, the Bible doesn't say this, but I imagine that they went back. They snuck back maybe to, to see it once again. And when they arrived on the scene that day, same big stone, same guards there same vantage point, nothing different, nothing changed, nothing, nothing at all. Still only memories of what used to be and uncertainty about what would come. But when Sunday morning came, no, nobody wanted to go. Nobody wanted to go that day. Nobody wanted to waste their time. Nobody thought it was going to be worth the walk. No, we went... We went on Saturday. We went yesterday. We saw it. You know, we, we know what happened to him on Friday. There, there hadn't been any change. The, it, it's the same old thing. We're not even going to waste our time. It's not worth the walk to see the same stone and the same guards. And we're just having a hard time justifying making that trip. And yet Mary woke up and she said, I, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to go anyway. I'm, I'm going to go anyway. There, there's just something in me that says I need to go and visit one more time. Oh, I know there isn't anything to see, fellas. I, I know that, that it brings up a lot of emotion. I realize that it brings up certain feelings, but, but there's something inside of me telling me to go and visit the tomb one more time. Y'all can stay at the house if you want to stay at the house. You can mope around here, but, but, but I'm going to go and visit the place one more time. I want you to understand today that some things have to develop in the dark of night before they can be brought into the light of day. Bible records that when Mary got to the tomb that morning, there, 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 there had been no warning. There had been no sign. There, there had been no indication she, she was caught off guard when she arrived because when she got there, all of a sudden, she realized that the stone has been rolled away and the tomb where Jesus had lay was empty. Meanwhile, back at the house, the disciples were crying in their Cheerios. They were moping. They, 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 they were sad. They were frustrated. They were upset. They, they, they didn't know what to do. Back at the house, they, they, they didn't even know. They, they, they were just frustrated with everything that had been going on. And all of a sudden, the door flung open and Mary screams, He's alive! Yeah. 
Y'all need to come with me. I know we didn't see anything Friday night. I know it was the same old story on Saturday. But when I got to the tomb this morning, those soldiers were gone. The stone was rolled away. And an angel appeared unto me and said, he's alive. <laughs> and, and the Bible says that Peter and John, they didn't mope. They didn't mosey. They didn't stroll. No, they ran. They didn't even walk. They ran as fast as they could to the place. And when they arrived, they saw the empty tomb. They saw his grave clothes folded up in the corner. And the Bible lets us know that in that moment, they saw and they believed. In that moment, they saw and they believed. Can I tell you by faith today that in an hour when you think not, your miracle is going to come. Mm. When you least expect it, that stone is going to roll away. When you least expect it, that issue is going to get resolved. When you least expect it, those walls are going to come down. The answer is going to come. I know it's dark right now. I know that you aren't even out of bed yet. And God has raised your miracle from the dead. And all it takes is for somebody to believe. Mm. Of course, this was, this was all very exciting. But they hadn't seen Jesus yet. They hadn't seen him. That night, the Bible says, as they were gathered at the house, they were afraid. The doors were locked. They were afraid for their lives. They thought that Rome was coming for them and going to put them to death. But Bible, the Bible says, while they waited, while they dwelled there, tarried, that suddenly Jesus shows up ministers to them. But there was one disciple who was not there. The Bible says his name was Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Unbelieving Thomas. Thomas was a twin. Let me tell you that this is probably a different sermon for a different day, but let me tell you doubt always has a twin. And the twin of doubt is unbelief. And Thomas was the twin. Thomas wasn't there. Thomas, I don't know where, where's Thomas? I mean, I didn't know you had anything better to do, Tom. I really, I thought, where are you, where, where is he during this? He's gone. I didn't know he had anything else going on, and yet he's not there. And when he comes back, Everybody told him what happened. And what was his response? Well, he earned that nickname, Doubting Thomas. Huh. Come on, guys. I'm quit messing with me here, guys. I'm hurting. This has been a rough week, and you're just adding insult to injury here. I've got some major doubts in my mind. You guys, we don't joke about stuff like that. There, there's no way. I, I, there's no way what you're telling me is true. I tell you what. I, I tell you what. I'll believe it when I see it. In fact, I'll believe it when I can put my fingers in the nail prints of his hand. 
Okay, I'll tell you what, guys, I'll believe it when I can take my hand and run it up into the wound that's on his side. I gotta tell you, I think some of us can identify with Thomas today. Can't we? We've got questions. We're a little bit skeptical. That, that, that all sounds really good, preacher, but I'm not sure. It, it, it's not that I don't believe that Jesus can do it for other people. I just know that he hasn't done it for me. Yeah. I, I need to see something. I, I need to feel something. I, I, I'm not looking to poke holes in anybody else's experience. I just need to have an experience for myself. And until I do... Until I see for myself that I'm not sure that I believe. Oh. And for eight days, Thomas is an unbeliever. The man who had seen miracles. The man who had been with Jesus when he did, had done some of his most miraculous stuff on his earthly ministry. The man who heard the word of God. The man, all of these things. And for eight days, Thomas was a doubter. And in the middle of his cynicism. And in the middle of his pity party. And after eight days of calling your brothers liars. And after eight days of questioning everything that everybody says. And after eight days of Googling whether or not Jesus really did the thing, you know, I got to, I hear what you guys are saying, but I'm going to make, let me just check it out. After eight days of doubting all Bible says all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jesus walks in the room. Oh, Thomas wasn't expecting it. Thomas didn't see it coming. It, it was a sudden appearance. And the scripture says one moment he's doubting everything that he knows. And then the next moment his faith begins to rise and he's a believer once again. That's how fast it changed over. One day, he doesn't, he isn't sure if he believes. One day, he's not sure if he knows what he thinks he knows. One day, he's got doubt and unbelief in his heart. And all it takes is one encounter with Jesus Christ to change all of that and to restore his faith. And he's feeling the nail prints in his hands. And he feels the scar on his side. And what he wasn't able to believe yesterday, all of a sudden, he can't help but believe today. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you that God's about to do a sudden work in somebody's life. I said God's about to do a sudden work for somebody here today. You got to hear me, and maybe I'm saying this prophetically, but when Jesus shows up for you, he's going to show up suddenly. Out of nowhere, your faith is going to return. Out of nowhere, your body is going to be made whole. All of a sudden, you're going to wake up to a phone call that says everything is going to be all right. Suddenly, those kids are going to come back to God. Suddenly, God is going to do something that is going to change your mind. But you're going to have to start believing. 
Oh, I know you can't see it now. You may not be able to feel it now, but keep on believing, baby. Keep on walking by faith. Keep on showing up. Keep on praying. Keep on worshiping. Keep on walking around those walls because all things are possible to them that believe. Oh, do we have any believers in the house today? Oh, in that moment, Thomas believes again. And his reaction, Brother Zach, is, my Lord, my God. Sounded like he was in church, you know. My Lord, my God. My Lord, my God. Thomas's faith is restored based on what he has seen and what he has felt. Let me tell you something about let me tell you something about coming to the house of God with your brothers and your sisters in Christ. There is something about seeing and feeling that will boost your faith. Well, what are you talking about, brother? Are you talking about miracles or something? No, 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 no. I'm talking about there's something about seeing people of like precious faith. There's something about seeing my brother and sister in the Lord lifting their hands and worship. There's something about seeing the atmosphere of God begin to develop. There's something about feeling the presence of the Lord. There, there's something about coming to the house of God and feeling the love and feeling the joy and feeling the peace. There's something about seeing and feeling because when you see and when you feel, you'll walk out of here ready to believe. Yeah. Thomas... He had seen, Thomas had felt, and I'm not here to hate on Thomas, but let's be honest, it's easy to believe, Thomas, when you can see and when you can feel. It's easy to believe, it's easy to get the chill bumps and feel good when you're in a hot service like we've been in here today. It's easy easy. Thank God for it, but it's easy. And that's why I love Jesus' response to Thomas here in verse 29. Jesus told him, he said, Thomas, he said, you believe because you have seen me, but blessed are those who believe without seeing. Thomas, you believe again, and that's good for you. I'm glad I could do that for you. But Thomas, not everybody gets the chance to see and to feel. No, Thomas, some folks have to believe without seeing. Some people have to believe without the benefit of knowing where and when that help is going to come. And Thomas, blessed are those who are willing to believe even though they cannot See. In other words, Thomas, there's a special blessing, a special blessing that awaits those who can have the faith to believe even when they cannot see. 
Mark chapter 9, and I'm landing the plane. Mark chapter 9, Jesus encounters a man whose son is having some real problems. He's vexed with the devils. These evil spirits are caused, are causing this boy to inflict pain upon himself, to inflict pain upon other people. It's, he's been to the doctor, but the doctor can't help him. He's tried the alternative routes, but, but nothing has helped. He, he's even tried to get Jesus' disciples to, to pray for his son, but even that didn't work. Oh, what do you do when the preacher lays hands on you and it doesn't work? Mm. Didn't work. This father's beginning to lose hope. He, he's beginning, his, his, his belief is beginning to wane. He's beginning to have some doubts in his heart and in his mind. And he's at the end of his rope. He can't see a way. He can't feel any possibility. He can't see. He can't feel. He, he's numb to it all. And then the Bible says that suddenly Jesus is standing in front of him. He'd wanted to bring his son to Jesus to begin with, but he couldn't find him. And now suddenly Jesus is there and he says to the man, bring your son to me. The father knows this is Jesus. He knows what Jesus has done for other people, but Jesus has never done anything for him. And he's not sure about how he feels about that. I, I mean, he wants to believe, but after all he's been through, he's just not sure it's possible. And that is when Jesus looks him dead in the eye and he hears Jesus say these words, Sir, all things are possible to them that believe. To them that believe. Today, I've come to ask you, sir, ma'am, do you believe? Do you believe? Because all things are possible to them that believe. Don't be moved today by what you do not see. Don't be, don't be downtrodden by what you do not have. Don't get weary in well-doing today. Don't lose your faith and lose your hope. I know it may seem impossible to you, but I want you to let your faith arise today. Let hope abound in your heart and know that all things are possible to them that believe. Paul wrote to the New Testament church, who's that? That's you and me. Paul wrote to the New Testament church and he said this, we live by believing and not by seeing. King James Version says we, we walk by faith and not by sight, but we live by believing and not by seeing. I'm going to tell you today, he's talking to the church. And he's talking to the church because that's who Jesus was referring to when he told Thomas, Thomas, I know you can see and feel, but blessed are they. Who's they? It's you and me. It's the church. Blessed are they who can believe even though they cannot see. I want to tell you there is a special blessing for you and I. 
when we can maintain our faith even though we cannot see and even though we cannot feel. Oh, but I don't feel God. I don't, I don't see God at work. I, I'm not even seeing anything shifting or moving or changing. And I, I've been praying. I've been faithful. I've been doing all that I can do. And I'm not seeing anything happen. God said, blessed are you. Blessed are you when you can continue to believe even though you cannot see. I want to tell you, there's a special blessing in store for you and I today when we only believe when we only believe would you stand with me today just like that mother eagle sits on that egg she doesn't see anything she doesn't feel anything she doesn't know when that Breaking is going to come. She doesn't know when that life is going to spring forth. You and I today have to, like that eagle, we've got to sit on our promise. Brother Driggers, we've got to, we've got to sit on that promise and keep it warm. We've got to keep it alive by faith. We, 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 we aren't seeing anything. We aren't feeling anything. The, the reports haven't been good. We, we just, they're, they're, there's nothing to tell us that everything's going to be all right. But you've got to keep believing. You've got to keep believing. You've got to keep it alive by faith. Now how do I do that, Brother Sizemore? You do it via praise. You do it via thanksgiving. You do it via speaking life uh, and not death. Uh, I, I'm not going to complain. Uh, I'm not going to doubt. Uh, I'm going to thank God for it in advance uh, for what's coming. Because I know that if I stay faithful to God, I will see what God has promised me. Oh, don't walk away from the nest today. Don't get weary and well-doing. Keep believing even when you're not seeing and you're not feeling and if you will, then I declare to you today that what you thought was dead will live again. And what you thought was impossible will become possible. If you will believe, then, then there's about to be a sudden turnaround in your life. A sudden turnaround in your circumstance. It's never happened that way before, Brother Sizemore. But I've come to declare that all things are possible <laughs> to them that believe. Oh, if you're a believer here today, would you lift your hands with me right now? Oh, God, we believe today. God, even when I can't see my way through, I believe. God, even when I can't feel you, Lord, and you seem so far away, I believe today. God, there's a faith welling up in my spirit. God, I believe. I believe today. God, I know you're going to do what you said you would do. I, I know that your word is faithful. It's true. God, I, I, I know that you've never left me. You've never forsaken me. You are with me always, even until the end of the world. God, I believe. Uh, God, I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep praying. Uh, I'm going to keep coming to church. Uh, I'm going to keep living my life. Uh, I'm going to keep doing what you told me to do. Uh, I'm going to continue to read your word. God, I believe.
Oh, come on, if you believe today, we're going to open these altars right now. If you're here today and you need God to lift your faith, uh, maybe you're a doubting Thomas today and you need to come and let God, let God put your hand in his nail-scarred hand. Maybe you're here today and you need God to do something for you. Why don't you take a step of faith today? Why don't you come down here and say, God, I believe in you. Come on, let's sing.